Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wool on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get If you've been following TechDirt for any length of time at all, you're probably already quite familiar with Oregon Senator Ron Wyden, as he's been deeply involved in a large number of issues that we regularly write about on TechDirt, from intellectual property to civil liberties and surveillance. Senator Wyden has regularly blocked dangerous legislation and has done his best to warn the public about secretive excesses by the U.S. government when it comes to surveillance. He has consistently been a strong advocate for both civil liberties and innovation. He's joining us today to talk about a few issues of concern that have come up recently, mainly around some efforts by the FBI to get much wider computer surveillance powers. This includes changes to what's known as Rule 41, concerning how, when, and where the FBI can get warrants to hack into computers, as well as some attempts to sneak a massive change into electronic privacy reform that would expand uh, what the FBI is able to obtain with a so-called National Security Letter, or NSL. Currently, NSLs are supposed to be limited to phone record info, but the FBI is pushing to expand that to email records, or so-called electronic communication transactions. Transactional Records, or ECTRs, uh, giving the FBI uh, the ability to obtain such info without even getting a warrant and often where the recipient of the NSL is subject to a very broad gag order. Senator Wyden, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me, Mike, and I very much appreciate uh, TechDirt giving an opportunity to really air these issues. It's especially important right now. Because the public, obviously, when they listen to the news of the day, it's going to be very concerned about these terrorist attacks. Mm -hmm. There have been a spate of them. It's understandable. And the public wants safety, and they want their liberty. And increasingly, as we look at these approaches that you have just touched on, what we're seeing is an effort out of Washington, D.C., that too often does not make us safer and harms our liberties. And I think uh, those that pay attention to Tech Dirt and uh, other kinds of uh, uh, forums ought to insist that uh, elected officials produce policies that do both. Safety mm -hmm. and liberty are not mutually exclusive. You can do both. Yeah, I think that's that's an area where there's certainly a lot of, uh, I guess, disagreement. You know, it, it comes up a lot where almost all of these um, changes and attempts to change the rules are predicated on this idea that, you know, that the government, whether it's the FBI or the NSA or whoever, need these things to keep us safer. And why, you know, where do you think... Um, uh, you know, where do you where do you think the differences lie there? I guess here here here's an example in the context of this situation, you know, with uh, with with the FBI, where they basically are being being uh, 
in the position of arguing they ought to be able to get access to browser you know history without judicial you know oversight i mean this is something that makes metadata look like kind of small small <laughs> potatoes and on the floor when i was pushing very hard to uh, block the, the mccain and, and burr uh, amendment basically what they said is you know why should the government at a dangerous time have to wait around and they talked about all these instances where the government was waiting and waiting and waiting and tying it to Orlando and, uh, and the terrorist uh, uh, threat and finally I said look this is just not accurate I wrote section 102 of the Freedom Act to expressly deal with this inaccurate kind of argument the government isn't going to be dawdling around when American safety and liberty is on the line under a specific section of the Freedom Act. Basically, when the government believes that there is really an emergency you know, out there, they can move immediately and then come back after the fact and settle up with the, with the courts. So nobody is holding uh, everybody uh, up. And, uh, and obviously, we went around on, on the floor. Nobody thought we, we would, but uh, I think we made the case that uh, if you're talking about a change where uh, the FBI is going to be able to demand the records, what websites you look at uh, online, who you email and chat with, uh, your text message uh, uh, logs, and they're talking about doing it with, without any judicial uh, oversight uh, at all, they ought to have to make a case for it. And they haven't. They already have the power uh, to do it with a court uh, order. And I just described the uh, the Emergency Act uh, Authority, which uh, is another tier of basic uh, basic protections. So we're going to continue to try to mobilize uh, people to really look at, uh, at what these issues uh, are all, all, all about. But you know, the reality is, I think they're, they're pushing it right now because people are obviously very concerned. I read the same polls everybody else. Uh, I did, but you know what? What I want to see are are real solutions, and and not proposals that uh, are what I call lose lose. They don't make our, our country safer, and they take away crucial checks and balances to protect uh, uh, the freedoms of of, uh, of your readers. Yeah, is I mean, do you think there's a there's a reason beyond behind some of this? Because it it strikes me as odd that. You know, the, the process of getting a warrant is not particularly difficult. And so, you know, why would the FBI, I guess, be so opposed to agreeing to need to get a warrant before being able to get this information? Well, you'll, you'll have to ask, uh, you know, have to ask them. But suffice it to say, I think one of the reasons we're seeing some of these very flawed proposals right now and you're seeing an effort, for example, to try in, in some quarters to bring back, again, uh, encryption uh, bills, is they're saying, hey, now's the time. The public mm -hmm. is clearly worried. I get that. There's no disputing it. That's why I wrote that section, you know, 102. I've supported uh, penalties against uh, leakers. I'm going to make it very clear that I think the future of technology policy is uh, sensible, practical ideas that really come to grips with the fact that security and liberty are not mutually exclusive. You can do both. Yeah. Is, is there a way, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think there is, you know, sort of an opportune moment that, that uh, some of these guys are, are kind of seizing upon. 
and you know and i think it's effective sort of the you know the sort of fear of of what's happening and of attacks you know is there a way that you can think of to sort of to to get the public to understand um you know that that these kinds of solutions while they may look like they're doing something aren't necessarily helpful well let, let's put it this way in the fight against the mccain uh, amendment and i guarantee you this will be coming back. You can mm -hmm. practically set your clock by it. You know, mm -hmm. we managed to win around. This will be coming back. I, I remember talking to a number of very conservative, you know, senators, and I was walking people through it. And when I got to the point about browsing history, you know, everybody said, I hadn't heard about that before. And suffice it to say, um, when you look at browsing history, it's not going to be a constant, you know, refrain of you know apple pie recipes. You're <laughs> going to, you're going to find a lot of stuff that really is a periscope into an individual's private and intimate, you know, thoughts. And as I say, in, in that sense, it's really something that goes beyond metadata, phone metadata, in terms of intrus intrusiveness. If you have top-level domain, domain names and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to things like national security letters, obviously, you know, there, there is kind of a long history there, too, of the FBI abusing them and sort of, you know, and, and in some cases, they're already asking for this kind of information and kind of relying on, on you know, the ignorance of, of the recipients of these things who, you know, uh, who end up handing over that information anyways. Um, there, has, there has been a long uh, history of national security letters uh, being abused. I think there have been something like three Inspector General reports. In fact, it's um, it's, it's three or, or four. I mean, it, the, the reality is uh, uh, 2007, 2008, 2010, 2014, all four separate reports uh, by Justice Department Inspector Generals documenting substantial abuses of national uh, security letters. And, to me, if you're talking about expanding FBI's warrantless surveillance of authority, uh, it certainly creates uh, an opportunity for more abuse. Yeah, I mean, has there been any effort to, you know, if they if they want to expand this, has there been any effort to tie that to preventing future abuses? I mean, is there, you know, the, there's been obviously the, the reports about the abuses, but it doesn't feel like there's been any effort to sort of stop those abuses from happening. Well, the arguments and, and these are always part of a pattern. You know, when they bring these up, there is a kind of, you can, as I say, almost set your clock by it. They always say, this is no big deal. This is just an administrative fix. In the case of um, uh, several of these, these, these proposals, they say things like, well, nobody intended it to be that way. It was just kind of a typo or, 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 or something like that. And uh, what I can tell you is, um, with respect to the, the NSLs, the Bush administration, not exactly a crowd that anybody's going to say is soft on terror, said you ought to be interpreting that 1993 statute in a narrow way. And now, without any factual basis, we see in the McCain-Burr Amendment an effort to push it out in a very expansive way without any factual basis for why it's necessary. Yeah. Um, so let me move on to Rule 41, which I, I think also, you know, is a sort of very similar situation 
where you have the Justice Department, you know, anytime there's any news about Rule 41, the Justice Department is emailing me announcements and press releases, uh, you know, insisting that it's nothing more than an administrative change, just like you said, and that's no big deal, and that it's been vetted by everyone and everyone's fine with it. Um, and yet, you know, many of us, you know, certainly folks who read TechDirt and obviously the civil liberties community and yourself are really concerned about, you know, what kind of impact it might have in, in sort of allowing the FBI, in this case, to still get a warrant, but to allow them to get a warrant that would basically let them hack as many computers as they want pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, you know, and, and yet they insist it's just a, a minor administrative change. What's your response to that? Well, I, I said when I heard you were talking about one judge with one warrant hacking millions of computers, I defy anybody to walk into a coffee shop in America <laughs> and suggest that that is a modest administrative change. That is a huge policy question with enormous implications for both security and liberty. That's why I introduced the Stop Mass Hacking Act. Uh, it's a bipartisan uh, uh, bill. There's also a bipartisan bill in, uh, in the House. and. Uh, you're talking about a massive change from the current rule, and uh, it's a policy that, if adopted, and by the way, if Congress does nothing, it would be adopted, and it will have a major impact on Americans' digital security, government surveillance powers, the Fourth Amendment, and I don't think that the Department of Justice ought to just be able to wave its arms around and grant itself entirely new powers, and seems to me this is another example of how they're trying to go around the Congress, which is, in a sense, um, what they've been trying to do to undermine encryption as well. Yeah, and so, you know, what I guess what's the response been so far in terms of the discussions within Congress about, you know, about your bill or just about this issue in general? The biggest challenge we have in the Congress with Rule 41 is that this is going to be an incredibly hectic few months. We've got elections coming up, a big battle for control in, in, in Congress, a news cycle which is just voracious. I mean, new topics are brought up, you know, practically every 24 hours, you create a firestorm and then you wait down for the next one. What we're talking about is something that is a major tech policy, you know, change. As I say, one more, unnumbered amount of computers across different, you know, di districts. But we are fighting for oxygen in terms of time from the Congress. And this is one where the deck is all in favor of those who want to support, you know, mass hacking. Mm -hmm. uh, all they have to do is have congressional inaction. Well, Congress is pretty good at congressional <laughs> inaction. Some would argue that's probably what the place does best. So what I've been trying to do is just get out and uh, and talk talk to members and you know with uh, Rule 41 and NSLs and encryption and there's already been interest in, in 702. I think our biggest challenge right now is that 
Um, rule 41, if nothing happens, then it goes in, into effect and it's got to get done by December. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> it's, a, it's a little unfortunate the way that process works. <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, people also are going to want to know about Aren't there implications with from mass hacking for the victim to in effect get hurt twice? Right. You know, first, you know, with the hack and then with what the government does next. Now the government uses malware to search hacking victims' computers. And as you know the technical name for this is network investigative, you know, techniques. Mm-hmm. Now the FBI hasn't publicly explained how they're uh, searching, you know, computers. But what we know is from outside experts that malware hasn't been tested you know, a whole whole lot. And this could hurt Americans' computers in ways the government may not have even contemplated. If you compromise a computer system, it might leave it open to other attackers. And one of the things I want to know is what's going to happen if the government has to turn off the computer's protections to search it. And if you have a, um, the government turning off millions of security features to conduct searches, there could be some serious um, security threats. But nobody has really you know, talked about that, that, that sort of thing. And that's, that's our challenge, is to try to get this out between you know, now and December. Not only is there a prospect of you're being victimized by a hack, but then what the government does could put you at further risk. Yeah. And so far, you know, in the few court cases where it's come up, you know, the Justice Department has resisted very strongly any attempt to, to actually explain what it is that they're doing with that with that malware. Um, and that's certainly a concern, especially among security folks, about what's what's actually happening there. Um, and I think, you know, to some extent, that is a, a similar issue to the encryption question, right, where you have all these people talking about, you know, the need to have these sort of back doors and encryption. Um, but I think the concern there is is pretty similar, right? And in, in that, you know, when you put backdoors and encryption, you're opening up some sort of security hole that could get into, you know, could weaken the security for for everyone. Effectively. Well, here here's here's the latest for your readers on uh, on that. We, as you know, don't have very many open hearings of the Intelligence Committee, but we recently had one with. Um, John Brennan and, and the CIA. And I made the point that with the uh, Burr-Feinstein bill, again, when you want your security and you want your liberty, in that case, I think you're going to have less of both. And I made the point that there were scores and scores of, of products overseas that had strong encryption and that if you required in the United States backdoors be built into American digital goods, essentially what you'd have is terrorists and hackers going overseas. And John Brennan, the head of the CIA, said that really was incorrect. He said the question of capability of uh, strong encryption being available overseas was purely theoretical. That was his argument, his words, not mine. And we said, we've got to correct, you know, the record, you know, here. Um, this is in a pub- public hearing. It's just factually wrong. There's hundreds and hundreds of products 
with strong encryption that are either free or not very expensive. But you've got the CIA director in a, a public forum. And by the way, Senator Warner uh, was also uh, interested in this argument because I think anybody who pays attention you know, to technology knows what the cost is to uh, American companies, both from the standpoint of uh, consumer confidence when they're you know back 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 doors, and uh, what we saw after uh, after the earlier uh, kinds of problems with metadata uh, being of the public not knowing about metadata it really harms consumer confidence and uh, drives a lot of this activity you know, overseas. You require companies to build back back doors in, into their into their products, and this can create a huge market in my view for foreign encryption products, and it's already there, and that's what I basically did in my written correction of, uh, of John Brennan at the open here. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely impacting U.S. companies and, and you know, one, driving customers overseas, but um, just also making it difficult for them to get some customers overseas as well, so limiting their own markets. Um, I, I know we're, we're running out of time. I know you have to run soon. Is, is there anything that you want to tell sort of our listeners and readers that they should be doing now and that they should be paying attention to in order to, to you know, keep these issues moving forward and, um, you know, avoiding the bad, the bad results? I, I, hope that, I hope that your listeners will pay a lot of attention to both um, the NSL, you know, question, because I think we're certain to have that back on the floor of the United States Senate soon. I think supporters of that effort, as we are talking now, are undoubtedly looking at strategies to round up the several additional votes that uh, would uh, be needed in order to put, you know, put that into effect. I think that and Rule 41, because of the process associated with the Rule 41, are both very critical and very timely um, issues. Obviously, I care greatly about uh, the Burr-Feinstein bill, I've already announced that I will put a public hold on the Burr-Feinstein bill if it were to get out of the Intelligence Committee. That's um, a relevant question because I think that's probably their strongest forum since you have the chair and the ranking minority member uh, sponsors of it. And then we're obviously seeing um, some discussion about uh, Section 702 of uh, FISA, which also raises important uh, uh, questions along the lines of what we're talking about. But I, I think I'd put um, NSLs and Rule 41 um, up at the top of the list for listeners and, and people who are subscribing to the various kinds of wonderful tech, tech dirt uh, <laughs> opportunities to, uh, to learn about uh, what's going on in the digital world. Excellent. Well, um, thank you very much for, for taking the time. Uh, always good to, to hear what you have to say about these things. And uh, um, we'll certainly have you back again in the future, uh, hopefully with, with good news and not, not just stuff to be concerned about. Uh, ho hopefully with, with, with two wins that, uh, that we've been able to, uh, to ensure that when we're done with NSLs, when we're done with you know, Rule, Rule 41, we've managed to come up with, with policies that uh, are part of what Ben Franklin you know, always talked about when he said you don't give up your liberty to have you have security because you really don't have either. 
Yeah, yeah it's, it's such a great quote and um, unfortunately needs to be repeated uh, all too often. But uh, thanks spread, again. Spread the word. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Um, thanks again and, and thanks to everyone who's listening and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks. Look forward to talking. Thanks. Bye. To grab a shovel and think of the tap. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get. To grab a shovel and think of the tap. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get. To grab a shovel and think of the tap.